Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now entering the Second Trick Comics Podcast. Starring Mark Claire and Renzo Come one, come all, Second Print Nation, back in the hall of Second Print Justice. I'm just trying to make up new intros so that way I sound <laughs> like I'm, I'm constantly reinvigorated, which I am as we raise the stakes and they get higher and higher. We want to go ahead and keep things, you know, fresh and spicy here at the Second Print Comics podcast. As always, I am Remsa W. Martinez here with the mighty... Mr. Mark Claire in Mexico. You know, Mark, I think when we started the show a year ago today, you were in Mexico. Yeah. So it's like this weird full circle thing. It wasn't quite a year ago, but it was pretty close because we, uh, yeah, we officially launched in August, but I think we started recording way back in June. So we're, we're very much nearing a year of our launch. I was definitely here when I had the idea. I, I vividly remember I was th- sitting around and I had all these things I wanted to do, uh, but I had this free time. I had been furloughed from my job, but I I didn't want to just be lazy and just you know sit around and, and not accomplishing anything so i was i was actually doing more i was being more productive than i ever ever had been in my life and i was like man i should use this time to you know to catch up on some comics and read some old stuff that i haven't read in a while read some new stuff because i hadn't been reading too much new stuff either at the time and that's when i said well no, no I, I can't justify that time I, I you know i have all these projects i want to want to work on i want to be productive and then i said well okay here's the idea I'll make a podcast and that'll be a project. And that's how I'll have the excuse to read all these comics. And I immediately thought of you. I thought of immediately thought of the idea of having people from slightly different uh, comic book generations. You're the first one I thought of. It took you all of about two seconds to say yes. When I said, Hey, want to co-host a comic book podcast? Here we are. That's the, uh, Second print story in 30 seconds or less. Yeah. Have you considered like, I, I know that we're still technically like in the pandemic, so to speak, but like for the most part over the past year and a half, it's always been like, what have we lost? What don't we have because of COVID and the lockdowns and everything? And and I'm really starting to think, yeah, but what have we gained because of it? Because this is really a product of us trying to figure out what to do with these thoughts and with more opportunities. And also, you know, with, with, I, I had a big salary cut when I was working at the newspaper and you were furloughed. So of course we needed a another stream of income but like i'm trying to think like how many new like authors out there got to write a book because they were laid off or how many people got to invent something because they saw a need for their business and they went ahead and created something so i mean definitely bad shit has happened like nobody denies that but i think now we're starting to see trickles of some amazing things happened that wouldn't have happened otherwise because of this crazy thing yeah i mean uh 
Whenever there is darkness, there is light. And, uh, you know, I like to think that uh, the Second Print Comics podcast is one of the bright, shining lights that came out of the darkness of the pandemic. Absolutely. And we, we actually got some fan mail the other day. Well, it's, it, I call it fan mail, but everyone just calls it a DM these days. <laughs> you, you, you were the one that went ahead and sent it to me. And I, I like to read off the reviews uh, when we get those or like really nice, inspiring comments. Uh, this one I'm going to read i'm not gonna say his name i don't know if he wants me to out him in, in my day fan mail was when you actually took out a pen and a piece of paper and you wrote a letter and you put it in an envelope and you mailed that to a comic book publisher and then you waited 30 days or two months sometimes to see if that letter appeared in a comic book that was a fan mail back in the day now it's just here it is you just reminded me of something speaking of that that i i want to talk about when we get into the show so thank you for reminding me that before we get further uh we went ahead and got this over at our uh facebook page and he he was directing it to you listening to you and remso has renewed my love for comics i just finished the image movie he's talking about the image revolution documentary and uh and episodes y'all did on the image revolution and i went back and downloaded a bunch of different comics on hoopla and kindle thanks again and keep up the great work blah 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 i'm digging the comic book stuff so i mean it's just it, it's moments like that where it's like this is why we do it we do it for the community we do it for the people Absolutely. the people mark exactly we podcast for the folks the little folks out there who didn't even know what they were missing that they loved and that is comic book glory because comic books are just an amazing medium because you know a lot of people have stereotypes about what comic books are uh you know most people just think of superheroes and batman and superman but there are all sorts of different kind of comics i could actually say there's there's literally if you if someone was open-minded enough there's anybody could find a comic book that they loved i'm, I'm convinced of that Absolutely. So for, for this episode, it's a laid back episode. We're going to go ahead and catch people up with what current comics we're currently reading and subscribing to and reserving for our, our poll list. But a moment ago, you mentioned like what real fan mail is like. I think you shared it to the to the second print comics fan zone, which is available for our five dollar patrons and above. It's a five. It's a private Facebook group where you get to hang out with me, Mark and other fans of the show when you join our Patreon. But way back. And this is for like old listeners, like the ride or die types. You went ahead and brought this up in the episode we did discussing the Max, uh, one of the very yes. early image titles. When you were starting to collect comics, you actually wrote the script to your own comic book this and sent it to some artist. And you you got it, but it stayed at your parents' place in Connecticut. So recently, before you went and you know did your wonderless thing in Mexico, you went <laughs> back to Connecticut and tell us what happened. Yeah, so well, a bunch of things happened. Obviously, as as I mentioned a few episodes ago, I dug through the the fuck it pile, so to speak, of a uh, bagless, borderless comics. Which uh, hashtag fuck it pile? Yeah, I'm gonna use a little of my time here in Mexico to to go through some of those, read some of those, review some of those for our patrons on the Second Print Comics Patreon. Uh, but I also uncovered it was actually only he did a lot of character designs for me. Couldn't find those. I can't find those anywhere. But he did a one full page uh, splash page from my original script, which I also cannot find. So I can't find the script, can't find the Oof. character sketches. But I do have this one splash page, which features like my main character with a sort of a wolf creature. Main, main character's name was Chaz, by the way, in case for those that are curious. Just one name, like Cher, just Chaz. And uh, I mean, if you want, I could give you the brief, the brief. Oh, you know, when I when I describe it now, I realize I'm just stealing from a bunch of comics that I liked. Um 
one of which kind of was the max because um this character basically the, the premise is um the character Chaz um he whenever he went to sleep uh he he didn't actually sleep like he woke up in this other world uh where crazy adventures happened and yada 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 uh and then you know he would wake up again he'd go to sleep in that world and he woke up in the real world or whatever but uh you know and at first it just seemed like fun dreams to him like okay i'm having these wacky dream adventures but what's really happening is his mind was never actually sleeping because his mind was really operating in this world in this body and then it was going to this other world where his mind was still operating so he's actually like never sleeping and he actually like gets more tired and tired and tired as, as things go along uh, this makes me want to revive it with with some alterations but um, this sounds good yeah it does doesn't it maybe i should maybe i should uh, get back to work get back to the, get back to the drawing board did this artist have a name by the way his name at the time I, 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 this is we only exchanged like again this is the 90s we didn't have email at this time like I, we only exchanged um through like letters we wrote to each other and i, I would like mail him that's a, so a script. prehistoric it's crazy yeah his name which is a pseudonym i imagine was raincoat jones that's totally his legal name. It might be, but I have not it's found on his this birth person. certificate and social security card. Probably. Yeah. I have no idea if this person went on to become a comic artist or anything like that. I have done research. I've not found anyone by this name that seems to be, you know, working in comics, but, um, you know, if, if anybody knows who this person was, or if you are Rinko Jones, please reach out, find us. We are on Twitter at second print pod. Uh, you can even email us, uh, second print pod at gmail.com. Um, yeah, you know, we're easy to find. We're easy guys to find crazy stuff, man. Yeah. Wouldn't this be awesome if we became like the Dr. Phil of comic book podcasts and we begin <laughs> to reunite people with artists that they used to exchange snail mail with in the nineties, you know, that talk about serving a niche. I mean, that is a very, very specific <laughs> niche, but you know, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for anything. Whatever brings joy to the people. That's what I want to do. Wild times, wild times. And speaking of joy, it's been a it's been over a year, I think, since. Uh, well, I mean, we're still within year one. It's crazy when I think about yeah, it. When we get to episode fifty two, that's when we'll know. Oof. Uh, and then we'll do our new fifty two, our own new fifty two. Done, done. We're gonna have a final crisis, folks. Oh boy. Um, we we did. Uh, I think it's our probably our most download one of our most downloaded episodes. It's the pandemic reading list when we were just buying up everything because we thought the world was ending. <laughs> now you know we we uh, it, was, it got so bad. I was so worried the world would end. I even read all of Tom King's Batman. You know, so that's how bad. Which is it. a which is like the passion of the Mark Claire <laughs> right there. But, um, you know, we, we primarily talk about stuff that we have read in the past. We sometimes talk about stuff we're reading over on Patreon. We talk more about current stuff. But I thought it would be a nice change of pace to kind of catch up and just figure out, like, what are we reading? Because right now is kind of like a weird time because, like, you know, at the beginning of 2021, I was really hyped for, like, the Valiant books. And now, like, there's nothing out from Valiant except the new shadow man, which I, I really have no enthusiasm for because all my other favorite books like Exo man or war and bloodshot got canceled. So that's down a bunch of my other writers got, uh, you know, either like, furloughed or they're working on other stuff that won't come out for another year. They have a bunch of events go on. So like, this is kind of a weird time because like, I thought there would be like a whole bunch of new stuff bursting when Marvel and DC and the others had to stop printing comics in 2020, but now it, it feels kind of stagnant. So I'm, I'm excited to talk about my list, but this is not when I think of, you know, list and subscriptions past, this isn't a period where I'm like, Oh yeah, these are like the best books ever. It's more like, this is what is the appetizer for the big entrees. I'm looking forward to maybe a couple years from now. 
Fair enough. Yeah. And I I mean, ever since I got back into comics, man, it's been a while now. It's actually been eight or nine years since I started to get back into comics after after my caveman dark period. Uh, there, I've never had like a very big pull list. There's times where I don't have any pull list where I'm not literally not reading anything that comes out uh, on a regular basis with the exception of Savage Dragon, because I will always be reading Savage Dragon. Um, there was a time when I first got back into comics that I was getting Savage Dragon, Invincible and The Walking Dead all at the same time. Uh, of course, Invincible and The Walking Dead have faded away. And uh, so Savage Dragon is like my rock now. That's that's the book I'm always going to get. And other titles kind of ebb and flow. Sometimes I'm, I'm reading some more Marvel stuff. Sometimes I'm reading some more uh, DC stuff, especially when when we had death metal and dark death metal and super death, dark death metal crisis, all that stuff. I, 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 I'm a sucker for those events. So, you know, they're probably going to get me every time there. Um, but this month or in these past few months, uh, I mean, we'll go through our, our lists, but I have very few, very few like one or one of each, I think, really, ultimately, uh, books from Marvel or DC. Most of the books I'm going to talk about today are independent comics, which I think is great to highlight independent comics because a lot of newer readers, they might not necessarily you know, think to jump to a lot of these, these unheard of titles. They might think they're just going to, you know, get, dive into the mainstream stuff that they know, the stuff they've seen in the movies. Uh, so I'm looking forward to the opportunity to kind of open some horizons and uh, let people know about some of the, the more, I don't want to say obscure They're I think they're all pretty like known titles for independent comics, but uh, stuff you might not think of if you're, if you're just new to this thing. Yeah. So um, let's just go ahead and jump into it. We'll kind of go back and forth, kind of like what we did last time. So uh, go, go ahead and, you know, kick us off. Well, why don't I just start with the book I just mentioned, uh, my rock, so to speak, Savage Dragon, which is uh, sometimes it's monthly, sometimes it's a couple months. Um, But yeah, Savage Dragon just passed its issue 250. And, um, you know, I, I've tried like when you and I have discussed Savage Dragon, I, I'm trying to like be coy and and because uh, I want you to read this stuff at some point and, and get there in real time. But, you know, there, there's only so much I can I can keep hidden while still discussing where the book I'm back is in like 1995, yeah. Mark. You'll it's forget, gonna take me a you'll while forget to this episode up. by the time you catch up. So I'm not going to worry about <laughs> it. But, you know, in, in current modern day drag uh, Savage Dragon, uh, the lead character of the book is actually Malcolm Dragon, the son of Savage Dragon, who is born in issues you haven't gotten to yet. Um, which is one thing I just love about this book. Another reason I liked Invincible so much too is that it, it takes place in real time. And Ro- Robert Kirkman actually said he he was inspired by Savage Dragon and Eric Larson uh, taking that approach uh, to his approach to Invincible and The Walking Dead. Like those, all of those uh, kind of do take place in real time. Or I mean, not as much The Walking Dead. I can't speak as much to that one, but Invincible for sure. Like when when you've read Invincible for like 10, 12 years, that's how much time has passed in the life of Mark Grayson. And Savage Dragon is the same. Uh, so, you know, now... Malcolm Dragon is a lead character. Um, he's an adult and he lives in Canada. He fled to Canada because in the book, which always reflects reality, uh, Donald Trump was president of the United States and was against um, instead of like going against illegal aliens. He was against like actual like aliens like from space. <laughs> he was like no more aliens in this country. I feel like people <laughs> would actually get behind that if that you know, was an issue. It's quite possible. Um, but, you know, the dragon's always been a good alien. But, you know, space wall, as it happens with superheroes, you know, uh, there's damage everywhere they go. So there was, I guess, enough political sentiment that uh, he wanted to leave the country. So he's been living in Canada uh, for the past like few years in terms of of the issue itself. And uh, issue two fifty, usually like his the his milestone issues like one fifty, two hundred to two twenty five was a big one. Have like really big epic battles or, or the culmination of some huge storyline. This one was very very different. Um, I didn't love all of it. 
Uh, a lot of it was just pushing it, which is this is part of what Eric Larson does. And I'm not taking any stance on anything here. I just I don't like anybody pushing their heart, their politics super hard, no matter what the politics are, even if their politics, I, dis- I, I agree with it. Just I just don't like that feeling. Um, and, and Eric Larson does that. But I've accepted that from the very beginning. I mean, he's been doing that since the early 90s. Like he just puts what he believes out there and kind of channels it through his characters. And I, I just I accept that for what it is. But anyways, a lot of pandemic talk. It was a lot of talk about, you know, masks and staying inside and yada, yada, yada. And, and, and Malcolm is immune. Um, so he doesn't really have to do that stuff, but he still does because he wants to lead an example. Whatever. Uh, that's all fine. And there's a lot of good dialogue like of them just hanging out in the house. Like, it was, was very there a different. story involved or was it just it, that? <laughs> you know, the way I'm describing it doesn't sound good, but I love Eric Larson's dialogue and his interactions be- between characters. And there's not that much story, but it's all building up to the end. And I, I guess I will just spoil it for you now because um, this is this came out four or five months ago. We're, we've gone a few few months past that. So I think any any regular readers will not be spoiled by this. But there's a knock on the door. And who is at the door? But none other than, no, not the original Savage Dragon, who, spoiler alert, does pass away in the series uh, before this. Um, no, it is Paul Dragon. Do you know who Paul Dragon is, Ramzo? I just figured out that Malcolm is a thing. Who's Paul? Okay. Paul Dragon is the pseudonym of, of or it's, I guess it's the name, he was called Paul Dragon, of Eric Larson's original version of of Savage Dragon. Um, before he was called Savage, he was just called Dragon. He was Paul Dragon. And this is this is published pre-imaged. This is a, a, a comic called Graphic Fantasy. This character, I believe, only made two appearances in Graphic Fantasy number one and Graphic Fantasy number two. Uh, and then that character was the basis for the current version, or no, he's deceased, but uh, for the image version of Savage Dragon. Now, about two years ago, there was an event. Yeah, okay, that's kind of cool. Yeah, and well, th- so... It's it's kind of weird how it all happened, but there it's and it's hard to explain all the history of, of Savage Dragon because it is very complicated. But it's like it's um it's complicated with with good payoff. Like if you follow it for this long, like the the complicated payoff and it, it, it like it makes so much sense when you tie it all together. It's very it's a very satisfying book in that in that regard. Uh, basically, Paul Dragon. Uh, got to this dimension through another dimension because that's there's a part of the Savage Dragon universe that there's known there's a multiverse. Uh, but recently, the everyone multi- has a multiverse. Everyone's these got days. a multiverse. Yeah, it really is the big thing here. Marvel, DC, and Eric Larson's portion of Image. When everyone has a multiverse, multiverses stop being special. Well, it's a multiverse of multiverses, I guess, huh? Mm-hmm. But uh, basically, Eric Larson did things in an interesting way. He had all the multiverses merge into one Earth, essentially. Um, kind of like a cri- his own Crisis on Infinite Earths kind of thing. But instead of like some characters dying and not, like basically every version of the characters from the multiverse like merged together. And so like like certain characters were like everybody lived, but like, like, so Malcolm has memories of all these alternate versions of Malcolm from different realities. So Malcolm's uh, Malcolm's wife in this comic is Maxine, but he also has memories of this other reality where he was married to angel, who is his adopted sister from another dimension, but they're not related. So it's not that weird. And they did hook up in the comics. Um, like I said, complicated, what? but it pays off. Um, okay. So like all these characters, they know their current self. They know who they are, but they just have these like memories of other realities. Uh, so this Paul dragon, hopped over from this other dimension uh, before this merging of realities. And then when the realities merged, he 
took on the memories one of of all the other versions, including the Savage Dragon. Uh, so this version of Paul Dragon is not the same dragon we grew up reading in Image. He is an alternate version. He is actually the version of Dragon from Graphic Fantasy 1 and 2. That's who he's supposed to be. So he really is like the OG Dragon. He's the OG. And so now he's there and he has like, he knows the whole history because he has the memories, but he's not that same guy. And, or maybe there's a twist. You know, he could, maybe he turns out to be a villain later. I don't know. But right now he's just like there. And, it's, and like Malcolm's like, I don't know. Am I, he's not really my dad like am i supposed to act like he's my dad like i don't even know why he's here meanwhile he's hooking up do with you Alex. hug him yeah like yeah like you do do i hug him am i supposed to spend the holidays with him uh and now that dragon went over to alex's house because he had memories of like a reality where dragon was with alex actually dragon was like hooking up with alex at one point in the, in the series too um so he goes over and alex was always in love with regular dragon but they never it never just worked out um so but now malcolm and now paul dragon is with um is with uh alex uh so they're a couple um and it's just it's just weird but it's it's a it's a twist that i'm really enjoying because you know eric larson is getting to take this original version of this character he created it would be like if i re- redo this book that we were talking about at the at the beginning of the show and then like you know i, I have this whole new story and then it's like you know 30 years in Chaz shows up the actual Chaz from the from the comic that i wrote and uh, that's the best thing i can compare it to um but yeah i i'm really enjoying it and um i think i mentioned this on another episode or or maybe i just told you i don't know but that our, eric also did an episode an episode here i go issues episodes an issue a few months ago where every single page was an homage to a another comic strip so there was a page that was like family circle and he got the whole style down and everything while telling it like a cohesive story like it's one of the most amazing honestly attempts I, I mean, if, if anyone's going to read one episode, damn it, you don't read episodes, you listen to them. If anyone's going to read one, Mark, this is this is a condition. <laughs> it is. Uh, if anyone's going to read what's please to help me with my my issues, episodes, conditions, please donate at, sec- at patreon.com slash second pod. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, but yeah, so um, there, there's one panel that's a Calvin and Hobbes, um, like a playoff Calvin and Hobbes, where one of Savage Dragons, one of Malcolm's daughters, Maddie, because now he has kids. He has like four kids now. So, you know, Eric, you know, he said he's going to write this book till the day he dies. And I think he's in his 50s, um, maybe early 60s. I'm not sure. So it's possible he writes this book for another 20, 30 years. And these kids are going to be the future, you know, characters of the book. So, I mean, it, it's very satisfying if, if you've been there since the, since the beginning. Um, but yeah, this it's like a Calvin and Hobbes sort of play. And she, there's this tiger that like shows up in her room and they become friends. And he's like the hop or the yeah, which one was the tiger? Was it Calvin? Or Hobbes? I think it was Hobbes. I think it was Hobbes. Anyway, now this tiger is a character in the book and he comes and hangs out with with Maddie. And we don't know where that's going at either. But it's just weird. It's weird. And it's weird. Eric Larson stuff. And it's weird. Eric Larson stuff that I enjoy. Uh, we also recently saw like a very shocking uh, death in I think the issue before 250 was the death of Dart, who is not the same Dart that we meet in the early issues of Image. It's actually uh, here we go. It's actually that Dart from a different from a different reality's daughter who grows up to be a supervillain and run the vicious circle formerly run by overlord way back in the day she basically becomes the new overlord also at some point she got bitten by mako uh the shark character uh, one of uh, savage dragon's classic villains and now she has the power where she can she can turn into mako but anyway she died with a bullet to the head randomly because that's uh, not even from malcolm she had she had almost killed malcolm when a police officer just shot her in the head that's another thing i like about eric larson like he has deaths that you expect sometimes, and he has deaths that you don't expect. And sometimes those deaths are just with a bullet to the freaking head. And it's not a big, crazy superhero death, which to me is more realistic. And that is actually the same way that in the, uh, you know, in our, in our Sarah's Javin dragon review episode back in issue, episode three issue episode. Yeah. I mean, overlord was just, just 
I, I don't even feel the need to say spoilers. If it's spoiling nah. it for you, I'm sorry. This is the yeah, wrong this show. Is, this is Overlord, ago, Overlord <laughs> was shot in his like Doctor Doom armor yeah. by a bullet to the eye. Yeah, or, or I think it's right like through that. his mouth because that's like the one right through part his mouth hole. Yeah, yeah. And that was it, and that was the whole battle. Like, and, and to me, that was so satisfying though because it's like sometimes, sometimes that's just what makes sense. Like, why are you going to go battle this guy when Savage Dragon knows his weakness is through his mouth because that's the one part that's open. Uh, and Savage Dragon has developed all these skills, including perfect aim. So of course it makes sense for him to just shoot Overlord once and and kill him, especially after he already had one battle with Overlord where Savage Dragon got a hole blown through him, fell on a sp- spike. That didn't work out well. So of course, he just shoots him through the mouth and it makes perfect sense. And it made perfect sense too that a bunch of cops show up at the scene of a crime. Uh, you know, you know, Dart is killing, standing over the body of, of a nearly dead uh, Malcolm Dragon and the cops shoot her in the head and she dies. And that makes sense because that's the kind of thing that would actually happen in the real world. Sometimes a, a hero or a villain would not die in a in a crazy catastrophic battle. They would just get shot in the freaking head. So I enjoy it. I enjoy all the twists and turns, even when the politics gets a little, little heavy. I mean, and by a little heavy, I mean, you know, he literally has a cover where Malcolm Dragon is saying, I endorse uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. So it's not a little heavy. It's it's overt, but it's just, you know. It's like your 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 crazy uncle at, at dinner who's is always ranting about his politics. You know, you love him, you accept him for it. You know, same thing with Eric Larson. I know he's going to do it. It's going to be there. I've accepted it long ago, and it, it actually doesn't even bother me because I've accepted it so much. So, and it's like it's his character. Yeah, so it's one of exactly. those things where it's like that that it doesn't you know somebody that might have different politics. I, in fact, I do have different politics from him. It's never been one of those things that bothers me. Yeah, because he's you know why? Because he's not taking captain america and turning him into a communist you know he's 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 just taking his own character and having his own character do what he wants and that's fine because they're consistent within his own characters. yeah i mean which is fine so i mean that you know definitely for him it's like i think that's one of those things where it's like if another writer took the series one day and made dragon like a super conservative <laughs> i as a fan would have a problem with that right. it would make no sense at all Unless yeah. it was Paul Dragon, maybe we find out Paul Dragon is a super conservative. They haven't gotten to his politics yet, so that that's possible, and that would actually be interesting. Who uh, did but you no, vote for, Paul? <laughs> yeah, one, one more thing I liked about about the Paul Dragon character. So in that in that universe, in the graphic fantasy issues, Paul Dragon he's he's Paul Dragon, and then he has like he's he turns at one point he turns into like William Johnson, this other guy. And it's kind of like a Shazam type thing. Like I think he, some wizard did this where, you know, he's, he's this guy, William Johnson, and he does something. It's like a Thor Donald Blake thing. Yeah. Kind of like that. Um, but that is not in the image con- continuity. That didn't happen. But to Paul Dragon, it happened. So he goes to this guy, William Johnson. He's like, hey, William, what's up? Uh, he's like, hey, what's for you? He's like, oh, I'm Paul Dragon. In my reality, you used to turn into me and I used to turn back into you. And he's just like, what? What are you talking? It's like, it's just little stuff like that. It's it's, it's so incredibly entertaining. And it, it is a book that's probably more difficult to get into for new fans. Um, it's also a book worth reading from the very freaking beginning. And it's all on Hoopla and it's freaking free. So my recommendation, my reading list is, Start at Savage Dragon number one and, and keep and never stop. But um, you know, a fun book to check out regardless. I, I it's it always gets my highest recommendation, even though um, you know, it's not the easiest book to jump into cold. But Eric also does a pretty good job of doing a lot of recaps and like keeping people somewhat up to date. So, you know, if you just hear heard me talk about it, you might be able to jump in and check out a couple issues. Yeah, j- just a couple of things before I move on to mine. I wish I had a comic like that. I really do because for me there there are some heroes that I really really love, but I haven't collected their ongoing series in a while. And a couple of those are like uh Batman, 
uh, ba- Batman, Spider-Man and Iron Man and, and even Captain America. I collected uh, the the Brubaker Captain America and a few of the other Captain America titles for like six years at one point. And I don't do it anymore because like for me, like some, sometimes it was because of the writers. Uh, sometimes it was because I didn't like where the story was going. But for me, I also feel like I don't have this big urge to want to get back into them specifically. And like Spider-Man is one of those situations where I, I look at some of the stuff that comes out like Marvel Unlimited and I want to read it. And sometimes I, I do, but I don't feel the same way as when I was a kid reading it. And it's not because I've outgrown Spider-Man. I don't. I go for a lot of the Spider-Man standalone stories like Spider-Man. Um, I think it was uh, Family Matters or something. It was the one where he meets his sister. I, I wrote a review for it on the website. I don't remember the full title, but like that was really awesome. But, you know, it's also like what what I like about Savage Dragon, what I love about Invincible is like sometimes you got to let the characters grow. Mm -hmm. And while Peter Parker is now probably in like his uh, early and mid 30s, part of me is like, you know, how long are you going to keep him this way? How long are you going to like, you know, rewrite his whole world to like erase his marriage and shit like that? Part of me would almost just feel happy if they ended it. Um, I, I, you know, I think that would be a bit a terrible thing for Marvel. He's their biggest money maker. But sometimes it's like you know, it, it just doesn't feel right anymore. And I mean, same goes for Iron Man. I've seen so many different big versions of Iron Man. Like when I came into the current Iron Man comics, he was director of Shield at the time, and then I read it through like the Dark Reign era of Marvel when he's restarting. Uh, I think it was Stark Solutions and stuff, and now he's back to because he he like died and came back and was a clone and wasn't a clone he's like back in his 30s it's like this just seems kind of weird it's like they've they've retrograded the character so like you know in the movies i was okay with iron man dying in the end game because it's like how long is robert Downey jr gonna keep going do i really want to see them recast iron man or is it good to let just let the story die and i feel that way about the comics oh plus they had to let him go so they can bring in uh, your girl riri let's not let's not <laughs> make this a terrible show now. Okay. Um, we don't need to go into it. So for, so for like things like that, it's like, you know, even though I want these characters to kind of go, sometimes I would like to see them either grow or I would like to see them end with invincible. The way the series ended was great. I w- I'm happy with that. I'm Perfect. okay with dragon. At least even though he says he's going to keep doing it till he dies. It, the the title has grown to all these different crazy things. So I almost feel like that that's where I'm at in, in, in my current kind of mindset towards these characters, which is why for some of them, it's like, yeah, I might like them, but I'm not going to be collecting their stuff anytime soon. Right. Yeah. I mean, and what's great about uh, Eric Larson's run, like, yeah, he wants to do the title forever, but the title changes. I mean, like Savage Dragon today, literally there's no, there's hardly any of the same characters from, from issue one. So it's a constantly evolving title uh, where new characters come in. Uh, literally all the lead characters have, have basically been replaced. There's a couple characters that hang around, like, you know, Alex is still around. Um, but even those characters have have changed so much. Um, that it, it, it doesn't feel like the same book. It never feels stale. I mean, that's one thing about Eric Larson. I absolutely love. He never lets his book feel. He never lets you get comfortable. Like once you're comfortable with the current setup or the current scenario, like he flips things around, he makes everything change and, and characters die when you're not expecting. I mean, and, and, and when people die there, I mean, they pretty much almost always stay dead. I mean, he, he's really, really good about that. Occasionally they have like kind of a return that, that is explained in some, you know, way that actually does make sense in his storylines but for the most part dead is dead and dead happens a lot 
and I, and over 30 years living in a crazy superhero, super virulent world, that's probably what would happen. There would probably be a lot of dead <laughs> and a lot of real dead that stayed that way. So, you know, again, another reason I just love uh, Eric Larson and his, the entire universe he's created around Savage Dragon. So yeah, that's always I my think, highest recommendation from, from, from me anyway. Yeah, I mean, I think this is why I'm kind of lenient on legacy characters. Like, I was cool if Sam Wilson is Captain America in the comics. I even think this is probably why I like Miles Morales more than Peter Parker, because I feel like I've gotten everything I can get out of Peter. I'd like to see Miles do it. And even like, you know, Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel. So I think with, with some of that stuff, I get it. Did, did you hear what they're doing with the Superman title? That they're do No, with the title now. So... Kal-El, Clark Kent, is going to keep action comics, but his adult son, Jonathan Kent, is mm. going to be the main character in the How did he become new, an adult again? He went to the future, came back he, kind of thing? Timey-wimey stuff. Yeah, he's an okay. adult now. Because comics. So, because comics. So he's an adult, and he's going to be Superman in the Superman comic. And the idea is that DC is going to eventually phase out Clark Kent to either being a supporting character or maybe killing him, getting rid of him. We don't know. And now Jonathan Kent will be Superman going forward. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that, but I'm, I'm OK with it. I like that when there was the uh, version of Superman that was from the pre-New 52 universe and he just like lived in a cabin with a beard. <laughs> That's yeah. the one that actually gave actually was the father of this Jonathan Kent, of course. Yeah, they merged in the uh, the weird Superman merging storyline uh, story that we're, we're not going to talk about. Yeah, but it's like stuff like that where it's like, you know, I know some people were mad, but it's like, you know, you still get action comics with Clark Kent and now you've got this. And it's like, I don't think I want to have new Clark Kent stories like 30, 40 years from now. I think I'll get to the point where it's like, OK, we can move on now. I'm OK with that. Yeah. But uh, speaking of which, I, I'm going to kind of juxtapose myself because the first title on my list is actually Batman. The Adventure Continues, which is the comic book continuation of the Batman, the animated series. All right. Well, let's, I, I, I love the series. I've never read a single print version of that series, but it, 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 it that along with X-Men, the a- animated series uh, are what like. They, those actually led me more into the comics. Like I was watching those before I started reading the comics and that's how I kind of like knew which comics to pick. I'd be like, Oh, X-Men. I know them from the show. Oh, Batman. I know them from the show. So, I mean, th- I think that's, that, that may be the ba- the greatest to this day animated uh, comic book series of all time. Although I got to say invincible is making a freaking run here. It's, it's, uh, it's making a big case right now. I mean that first season, Holy shit. Phenomenal. Uh, but like, this is one of those moments where it's like and you can hear more yeah. about Ramsey's thoughts on Invincible by joining our Patreon at patreon.com slash second print pod back to the show. We're, we're, we're full of such I'm fan service folks. <laughs> uh, for me, like my my like head canon version of Batman has always been Batman from Batman, the animated series. Mm-hmm. So like I've collected uh, Batman comics throughout the years. Head canon. That would have been a great name for the show. Head canon would be cool. Too late to remark it. I'm I'm too I'm I'm too fixed to SPC. We've got too much yeah, involved in that. It's got a ring. All right, never mind. Scratch it. But yeah, like my my headcanon has always been the Batman the Animated Series. So that's why I've always been kind of in and out of the current Batman comics because I want to see that version. So it's always been kind of hard for me to come in because I'm always pulling out at those points. So like with this with this series and I ironically also did a big review on the first couple issues over on Patreon uh discussing whether I think it's worth your money 
spoiler alert, it is. I've collected they're they're doing these in seasons now. So every eight episodes, like an eight episode season of the actual TV show, is now a new season. So now we're on season two of Batman the Adventure Continues. And it's really picking off picking up with the same style and tone and storylines that you saw from that Batman cartoon. But what they're doing now to kind of catch people up is they're taking a lot of the current uh, big Batman storylines like Batman under the red hood and Batman court of owls and they're anim- animating styling it. So it's basically those stories now in the Batman uh, the animated series universe. So the fr- so the first season of this continuation comic was how would they take Batman under the red hood if they were doing the TV show? So it's still pretty good, but they had to do some things that you would probably expect. Jason has guns, but he's not murdering people as often <laughs> as often. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Joker didn't like uh, so this is how they change it in this version of the under the red hood story. The Joker did not kill Jason Todd. What happened was he beat the shit out of Jason Todd. It's actually pretty bloody. Like I was surprised how they did it. So imagine Mark Hamill's Joker with the crowbar beating the shit out of cartoon Jason Todd. It was actually like, I'm reading this. I'm like, wow, they actually didn't hold back on that. But then the scene where, um, Jason would have died like he did in the regular continuity. Batman comes in, stops the Joker, but then here's the twist. Jason Todd is mad that Batman won't kill the Joker. So Jason Todd tries to blow them all up. And as a result of it, and here's where kind of the cartoon goofiness comes in, a hot, a, like a weather balloon like explodes and bursts open and part of the rope attached to it like gets spun around Jason's ankle. So during the explosion, everyone else is trapped under rubble, but Jason has been like taken away by this weather balloon. And because Batman didn't see that and he doesn't know it, he thinks that Jason is somewhere lost in the rubble of the explosion. So that's how they do that. And it it sounds kind of cheesy when I say it out loud, but I mean, they're trying to also write this for the audience that was intended, which was for like the eight to 12 range. So like, I get why they do it, but they do it in a way that's also not condescending. Like the red hood kills people. The red hood is very violent. The red hood is a dark storyline because how does Robin become this evil vigilante anti-hero type of guy? It's hard to tell that story without getting a little dark. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm reading this and I'm like, you know, they actually did this pretty perfectly. Like, I will always like the real Under the Red Hood story, but done in the Batman, the animated series fashion. This is a really good adaptation of that. So, you know, it's one of those things where it's like I get that sense of my childhood back while at the same time getting to see really good new takes on how they would do it in this version of the character. So the fact that they've been able to do this and they're, they're continuing it in seasons. Uh, so now we're on Batman, the adventure continue seasons two. Now they're doing the court of owls storyline, which I haven't been able to pick up yet. So it's one of those things where it's like, it gives me what I want while also giving me more of what I didn't know I want. So while this might not be the Batman for everybody, it's the Batman for me. And that's the most rewarding thing. All right, well, I may just check that out because as a huge fan of the series who is not currently reading any other Batman title, that maybe that's a, a home for me. Maybe, maybe. I mean, if you love that cartoon, even if you might find some things about uh, Batman, the adventure continues that might not you know, really be your liking. It, it's 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 a charming book. 
it gives you what you want. And I don't think anyone has any real negative feelings towards it. It might not be for everybody, but I don't know anyone that hates it, unlike some titles. So I think it's worth a shot, especially uh, the the first season, which is the Under the Red Hood version of events. I mean, we even got to see Azrael in the Azrael Batman costume. We got to see a crossover of Superman, Lex Luthor involved in it. Like they, they did a really good freaking job. We even saw Deathstroke. Which was Ooh, awesome. Nice. So, I mean, we're, we're also getting to see elements of the Batman universe we never got to see in the Batman the Ant-Man series cartoon. So getting to see them stylized as they would have been and, you know, interacting with the characters that we're already pretty familiar with, it's really paying off. Nice. All right. Well, that being said, that's another good recommendation for the listeners out there. And uh, moving on, I've got another indie book to talk about. Uh, this is one you may have heard of. I don't think you've read. I know a couple people in the uh, the second print uh, comics fan zone have checked it out. This is a book called Crossover. And uh, this is written by uh, basically the, the man who has essentially been handed the keys to the Marvel Comics kingdom as of late. Donnie Cates. Donnie Cates, yes. And I, I feel like Oof. four or five years ago, it was Jason Aaron. He was like the guy who did everything important in Marvel. And at some point, it's kind of shifted to Donnie Cates. Like, Donnie Cates is just the man. If they have something important, something big, it's Donnie Cates. He's the reason why they're why they're still writing checks there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And and, and he does absolutely great work. Uh, I, I was actually reading. I, I kind of tailed off it um, recently, but I read a good chunk of his Venom series. He really, he really did some things to that character that are really interesting that led into the current um king and black series which which i'm also reading and uh, his thor has been good as well his thor has been crazy yeah, his thor has been great and i don't know if i'll get into those books too much today they're, they're kind of like honorable mentions to me i do recommend checking them out uh yeah like you said particularly his thor is just it's, it's awesome uh but i am really loving this book that is he's been publishing through image called crossover um have you have you heard of this book are you aware of it I saw somebody at my local, at one of my local comic shops recommend it. I didn't want to cash out the money for a new series right now, though. Because, not because I didn't think it was worth a shot, but because especially since I'm moving, as we mentioned last week, um, I don't want to get too attached to something so new right now. So maybe I'll pick it up as a trade back, but here's your chance to sell me on it. All right. Well, the basic premise is that uh, we live in this universe. This is real. This real world where human beings like to read comic books and all the comic books that you and I and everybody else has read over the years. They all exist in this universe. But something crazy happened. Uh, There was like this portal that opened. And what came through this portal was every comic book character that ever existed. And now those characters all exist in this real world. Uh, so what I think it, what the, I think it's the government. Yeah. That they, they basically slammed this dome over, I think it happened in like Las Vegas and they like slam or was it Denver? I don't remember. It doesn't, it's not important. They slam this dome over the city and trap like most of these comic book characters in there because they're, they're seen as like very dangerous and, and they are, I mean, they're like these, all these, it's every, it's every character that's like ever existed in comics. Like, so yeah, like, like, like name, a few um okay name a few um well they're, they're okay there's some that they they flat out show us and name and then there's others that they like use can tell who they are because you see like a side shot of them but they can't actually say it so because my because my thought is like how much ip are they gonna get involved with and secondly when is disney gonna drop the hammer the answer is a lot uh, now, I mean, <laughs> like you can you definitely see that like batman is there and like superman's there and like spider-man's there but they don't really show the characters you know they're, because they're, that would be a lawsuit 
Yeah, they're they're careful to like avoid naming characters like that. They just kind of like give you hints. Um, but um, these characters that they do bring out, um, one of them is uh, one you might know from the indies is is Madman. Uh, are you familiar with Madman at all? Is he the he he wears like a white gimp suit with the red yeah. like lightning strike on it, yeah. right? What, what what I really enjoyed about the reveal of Madman is because they were they were referring to like some heroes, some some of these characters Who are trying to help people. This one. Uh, this is from image image. Yeah. Okay. So they, of course they would try and do it. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes sense. They obviously, they, they use a lot of image characters like in the, in the latest issue, issue six, which kind of wraps up the first uh, storyline. I think it's available or will be available soon in trade paperback. Also, I think it's all, I think that trade paperback will be on hoopla. I've actually been purchasing these issues. Um, but yeah, I mean, you see all the image characters. I mean, you say spawn, you see Savage dragon, you see Witchblade, you see the darkness, um, any character that's ever been in any of these comics, but the, the reveal of Madman in particular was good because they kept re- referencing like this one hero um, who's like been saving other heroes and like trying to save people f- uh, from the dome, trying to get people in and out of the dome. Um, Cause there's also humans whose families are like trapped in the dome. And that's like kind of one of the storylines. This girl, Ellie is trying to reunite with her parents. Oh, maybe that's part of the crossover. It's also crossover Stephen King's under the dome and the oh, Simpsons yes. movie where they trap Springfield <laughs> under yes. a dome. It's a crossover with all comics and all dome related media. Essentially. If you like domes and comic books, this is for you. Yes. Uh, but the art is also by uh, this guy, Jeff Shaw, and uh, I think Lee Duncliffe. Neither of their work I was terribly familiar with, but I, I really enjoy the art in this. Jeff Shaw did Black Panther a while ago. I might okay. be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was him, and he he's I like him. Yeah, and I really like how they show, like, the art on a lot of the, like, comic book characters. Like, okay, so, like, so there's this one girl, this little girl who they find in this comic book store that, like, the, the protagonists end up finding. The protagonists are, of course, huge comic book fans. Um, and they find this little girl in the store, and, like, they reach this girl, and they, they find out that she's one of these, like, comic book characters that came through um like you know some of them are, are not named like she's not i don't know if she's i don't think she's supposed to be any other character we know uh but like the way they draw characters like that like like her face looks like comic book paper print and that, that's how they draw a lot of the, the characters that are supposed to have come from this this comic book universe so it's really interesting but uh, yeah like i was saying the reveal of madman particularly well i guess i already gave it away so whatever <laughs> so it's kind of like space jam it's yeah, like I Michael kinda. Jordan is still a person, <laughs> but Bugs Bunny is, of course, a cartoon. By the way, I actually did watch Space Jam recently. Um, the a few original? Ago. Yeah. And, uh, you know I don't what? think the new one's out yet. No, I don't think so. But, um, no. you, know, you know, know who deserves an Oscar is Michael freaking Jordan. He's the best actor in that movie, next to Bill Murray, who has a small but hilarious role, and next to Newman from Seinfeld. Um, but he does this entire movie. I mean, I'm not even joking. I think he really deserves like high praise for this movie because he actually does a pretty good acting job. I don't know how he got a Space Jam for this. Uh, he does a really good acting job. And But then when you realize that all of his acting is on a green screen talking to nothing in real life, like you got to really respect that. Like he's, he's playing off Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck and all these other it's aliens. But in real life, he's just talking to nobody on a green screen and and it's totally he's the most believable character in the movie it's a great movie the original space jam watch it five stars anyway um <laughs> the, re, the the reveal of madman though again before i get sidetracked again uh i really like how that's done uh it's it's madman and some other team that i had never heard of like the 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 paybacks or the I, I got to go back in the issue to remember but um but yeah they they keep playing up this this hero that's been saving everybody and, and helping people in and out of the dome and they show like shots of it 
like different little like glimpses and they really make you think it's Superman. Like, like they see, you see the Cape, you see like his stature. And then when they finally reveal him, it's madman. And you're like, it's like, it's, it's perfect <laughs> and hilarious at the same time. Cause it's so obvious. They're trying to make you think it was Superman. And I'm like, are they really going to show me Superman here? And then it's madman. And you're like, ah, this is awesome. I mean, again, and he's the perfect character for this book. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's just really, really fun. Um, like, it's still going on and you know, there's just kind of, we're at the point in the series where there's just kind of more mysteries being, you know, being laid out, especially there's a big twist in the issue that I just read today. Uh, issue six, which kind of ends this first arc, which is the huge twist with the character of Ellie that I, I will not spoil because people might, may not have actually read that yet. Um, so it's, it's a really interesting book. I don't know where it's going, but it's, it's really fun and really enjoyable. I, I do. I definitely recommend checking it out. Okay. You, you've sold me. All right. And I just, rem- I, I just remember Donny Cates. The day I saw that comic was actually like a couple of weeks ago. So I went to uh, the Amazing Comic Shop, which is where I've been shopping since 2009. That's wow. how long I've been going to the store. I've, I've been there through buyouts and through different managers and everything else. Like, I'm pretty sure I'm the only constant thing other than comic books and toys in that shop's life. And I actually had to close out my subscription box there because I'm mm. moving. So, like, I saw that next to the register, and as I'm canceling it, the guy's like, but why? And I'm like, because I have to move. It's not you. It's me. And we locked eyes, and there was a tear, and he was like, thank you for all all these years of business. And I'm like, no, thank you. And I walked out. And uh, I remember that was the last title I saw as I was walking out. So now I feel even more of a sentimental reason to go back and get it. I like stuff like that. I like I like it when they when they do it in satirical forms and like sketch comedy and stuff. I liked Ready Player One and that type of stuff. So now knowing what it's actually about, I, I've got to buy this. Yeah, I, I it gets it, of the books we discussed today. Since Savage Dragon, which is a, is like my favorite of all time, but it's a little harder to get into. If you're gonna pick up a new book, I like I think this is probably my highest recommendation because it's you know you don't really you don't need to know about all these characters that that show up at all. But it you know the more you do, like I was somewhat familiar with Madman, so like his reveal was like I just thought it was so awesome. Um, but you don't need any of that. Like it's it's enjoyable as it is. But if you are like a comic book fan over the last 20, 30 years, especially there's characters here I don't even know, but I, I know they're all real characters from other comics um like i i didn't even know this but there's like a sword that that um that there's a there's a huge character reveal they hyped up in issue four and i am gonna spoil it so if you care about not being spoiled in this book just pause right now and skip forward like two minutes um but and i didn't know i didn't get this till i was just reading some you know, doing a little research about the book earlier um but it, and I, I didn't even get it at the time but there's a, a character reveal but the, their character just turned out to be this sword it's a sword called valifax but uh I guess this sword was a uh, something in from one of Donny Kate's other books called God Country, which I which I've never read, but I, I now watch oh, it. Oh man, our friend Jose loves that book. Okay, I think our that friend? was Don. I don't even know it. Do I know a Jose? You know, you know Jose. Oh, no Jose. way, Jose. Oh, yeah, I know that, that Jose. Yes, Jose Gallington. Yeah, no, he. Uh, I actually just he, found out his name isn't really Jose, so that's why it threw me off. But that's a, that's an off air conversation. No way is it, Jose. Jose. He's 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 too white. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, that was Donnie Cates' first breakout comic. Ah, yeah, I, I've never read it, but now now that I've read more Donnie Cates outside of Marvel, I I kind of want to go find all his stuff. Like, I think he's just fantastic storyteller. No, I, I think he's probably like the best writer in the industry as of right now. Certainly the best at Marvel. I mean, yeah. I would say it's not close. Jason Aaron's still probably a good writer, but I, I don't even know what he's writing right now. Like I haven't read anything from him in, in a couple of like, years. Like he, his stuff is good. His stuff just doesn't get me excited. Yeah. 
No, I mean, Donny Cates, he knows how to get you excited. Like, Donny Cates is one of those writers that you can just tell is such a fan. And it really comes across. Like, his love for comics just really, really comes across. Obviously, probably anybody in the industry is a, is a fan. But, you know, some more so than others. And, like, Donny Cates, like, is obviously not just a mainstream superhero fan. He's been reading all these, you know, all these other books and all these indie books over the years. And the fact that he's getting this opportunity to work all these characters into his own story is just, you know, it's, it's fun to watch because you know he's just having a blast doing it. Yeah. So for me, I, I think this is probably the only controversial comic okay. on the on the show we're gonna bring up. Brian Michael Bendis' current Justice League title. Dun, dun, dun. Now um, I don't know what everyone's. I I know why people are complaining. It just it's just that I don't care about any of the complaints. If you like Brian Michael Bendis, you're gonna like this book. If you don't like him, you're not gonna like him. So I think I should just lead with that. Yeah, well, I'm ready for you to sell me on it because I've, I've been curious about it. I always like to check out various Justice League runs just because it's been you know an, kind of an all time stable book for me that I've I've jumped in and out of depending on the creative team, um, but. I've had an on and off again relationship with Michael Brian Michael Bendis. Um, his, you know, when you introduced me to Secret War, I mean that that's one of the best comics I've ever read. So I mean, I I think he's a great Period. writer because he yeah. wrote that, and so and I've read other books of his that I thought were very good. I've read other books of his, such as <clears throat> Invincible Iron Man, introducing Riri Williams, that I absolutely uh, thought was just appalling. So I don't know if I love him or hate him. Um, I think it just depends. So you know, make the pitch. I so when I didn't start reading Avengers comics, I started reading new Avengers comics in 2006. And he is the one who founded the new Avengers title. And his new Avengers title was so much fun because he got to pull characters that usually never interacted with each other outside of like rare team ups. And he put them together in a monthly book that was hardcore and gritty and really leading the tip of the spear for the Marvel Universe at the time and that had Clint Barton as Ronan it had uh, obscure new heroes like Echo we had Iron Fist we had Spider-Man Wolverine Doctor Strange uh, Luke Cage and Jessica Jones and Spider-Woman for a while so that was the roster when I was reading and it was just so freaking cool so that is by far my favorite Avengers title and Avengers era ever in in marvel so th this idea that he's back to a team book that one he's never been on before but two i have always kind of had a love-hate relationship with depending on who's writing i was in immediately especially having just finished reading his superman and action comics run uh that he did over the last couple of years it made me fall in love with superman again it was awesome i know some people also have problems with that too but i loved it if you're gonna make me dish out four or five bucks for action comics Comics, as well as the $4 Superman title twice a month. I'm cool with that. So, uh, you know, it, it's having that history and that, you know, knowledge and affinity for his, the way he does ensemble books. That was what sold me on this. But what the big thing is the roster. The roster has a lot of the old team that you really love, as well as some people that we genuinely have never seen as part of the Justice League. So let's go through the roster. Superman, Batman, Green Arrow, Black Canary, Barry Allen Flash, Aquaman, and then here's the kicker. We've got Black Adam. That's the weird one. That's the weird one. Then we've got Remind tell me if this is true. I, I read somewhere they're calling him like Shazadam or something weird like that. That was for one panel in 
uh, that was infinite, infinite Frontier. Frontier yeah, Zero. I read it. That's yeah. where I read it. Yeah. I haven't. They. I'm. I'm two issues into his run, and I haven't seen it. Okay. So that I is, think that's. Like, I don't know if I could deal with that. <laughs> I, it, it bugged me, but you know, I. I like Black Adam, and I'm excited for The Rock being him in the Black Adam movie. I mean, I, I imagine that is why this is happening. Why they're positioning yeah. him in this way? You know, to set, set up this. Oh, rock of course. Thing. Of course. I mean, he's he's a villain. And the only reason why now he's, you know, and, and they've really been marketing him as uh, an anti-hero is because The Rock doesn't play villains anymore. And that's not just a thing that's actually in his contracts. Mm-hmm. He's not going to play villains anymore. So the fact that he's doing this and the movie's got changed the, the public perception of the character so much, of course, they're having to do that in the comics. So that way they've got that synergy going. It's come a long way from... Um why am I blanking doomsday clock where, uh, where he's like, you know, he's like pretty much kind of one of the main villains. He's like, or I guess he's, well, are you he's, talking doom? No, I'm talking doomsday clock. Remember how in, in he, oh, yeah. such a big part of that, how he takes over uh, a country yeah. in the middle East and it's a whole thing. Yeah. Oh, that was so dumb. Yeah. That was, yeah, but I mean, he's I'm all, still like, not girl, sure if that is supposed to have happened in continuity or not, or in, in any continuity. Like, no it's one, really, no really t- unclear. No one references that no. ever. No, they reference that Dr. Manhattan existed in the DC universe. They, they did that in death metal. So at least we know that it happened, but whether or not anyone wants to talk about it in the books, right. no one really does. Right. Well, everything matters right now, Remzo. That's the new thing in DC. Everything matters. Well, well I think it's, I think, nothing matters, right? Well, well, I think it's so funny though. Cause last time we saw black Adam as a villain was doomsday clock. Last time we saw the rock as a villain in the, in, the, in a movie. And this is why I asked if you were talking about doom uh, was when he was in the movie doom with Carl Urban in I 2005. I have not had the pleasure of watching that film yet. It, it's good when you're drunk. Okay. Well. Uh, then I can watch it in a few minutes if uh, <laughs> if me and this Get bottle on of Netflix. wine keep going to this, right? Get on Netflix. But uh, so we, we've got Black Adam. Then we've got some characters that I don't know how I feel about. We've got Hippo- we've got Queen Hippolyta of the Amazons because Wonder Woman is outdoing She's like something. some weird God thing now. Yeah. Then- Hippolyta's hot. Like, that's the thing about the Amazons. Like, I'm looking at this. I'm like, why is Wonder Woman's mom hotter than Wonder Woman? I don't know if that's just something about the character or something about me, but she's there it's and she's, she, I think it's something about you. I think, I think it's a cougar thing. <laughs> okay, I think yeah, it is, sure. but uh, she's there and she's now part of the team. And then we've got, and because Bendis always has to bring over his pet projects, we've got Naomi. So do you know anything about Naomi? Not even, a li- I didn't even know she existed. Well, right don't now. worry because no one else knows shit about her either. And she's been around well, for a couple I should, of years. I shouldn't say that. I've heard the Weird Science, my friends at Weird Science DC Comics. Uh, thank you, by the way, to Jim for giving us the absolute most amazing promos. On Love, that you, show. Jim. Love you, Jim. Love you, Jim. Um, but yeah, they had, they do have a lot of running jokes about my Naomi and um, no one knows what the hell Naomi is or why she matters or anything like that. So I, Ni- I know of her only from listening. The only reason why I like Naomi more than Riri Williams is because Naomi seems like a genuinely like nice character, whereas Riri Williams doesn't even seem to have like a personality. She's just like a walking caricature. So that that's the one thing I'll say. I don't hate Naomi, but I don't get her right now. What is she? Does she have? So she came, she is from another earth that was destroyed by superhumans. And as a result, for some reason, her earth is not even part of the multiverse. So she, so, so she got, and yours doesn't even get to be there. That's that that's cold right there. So she is now in, I think a play called Port Oswego 
Oregon or something, and now she's just supposed to be a new teenage hero. She was in the Young Justice title for a few issues. She had a limited series called Naomi Season 1, and I guess we learn more about her origin because, of course, when Bendis was writing Action Comics, and I, I guess I didn't get these issues, um, not, not because I didn't want them, just because I, I guess I, I didn't jump in at the right time. She, she did a crossover with Superman where we learned a little bit more about her there. So this is basically us being reintroduced to her again, which is why I feel like I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt because they're kind of introducing her as a new character. So with that being done, I'm going to like we've only seen her for about a couple pages. I'm still learning about her. I might turn out I might turn out to like her. So, you know, with that being added, we've got a lot of the old. We've got some wild cards and we've got somebody who's pretty genuinely brand new to the DC universe. So with all of that being said right now, we're dealing with. I, I don't know if he's from Apocalypse, but he's kind of like a Steppenwolf character who's another threat to the world. So because of that, they have to assemble a new league and they have to team up to find out what's going on. And we're still trying to figure out what is going on. So because of all of that, we were only two issues in. I think he's going to be on for at least another two, three years. I'm, I, I've got Justice League on my list. All right. Fair enough. I'm not sure if you sold me or not. <laughs> I, I don't know I mean, if I'm, I'm even interested. really sold yet. Okay, well, if you're not sold yet, I'm not sold yet. So maybe I'll wait. Maybe I'll check it out when it's on Hoopla and I don't have to pay for it. How about so that? I, I am, I, I already got everything down for my apartment. I'm going to actually go ahead and actually put a gamble on this. I'm going to get a DC paper print subscription so that way I get the copies mailed to my house because I, I know of one I know of one comic book store in the area. Uh, I don't know how far away it is and stuff, but, you know, I would at least have, like to have some new comic coming in. So that way I don't feel so cold and distant, especially <laughs> since I'm spoiled and I have like six stores around me. So I'm willing to try that because Bendis, you know, he got me with new Avengers. I'm willing to see him do it with Justice League again. All right. Well, fair enough. And um, yeah, well, like I said, I'll, I'll wait it out and probably check it out when the first you know trade gets to Hoopla or what have you. Um, but now we we exchanged lists uh, before we did the show and we do have a couple titles of overlap. So I think I'm going to uh, bring one of those up right now. Maybe we'll do a couple of the overlap titles and then and then wrap it up with a, another unique one to each of us. But um, one that we have both been reading. Ah, which one do I want to start with? I'm going to stay, stick on the indie train. There's actually two. And I'm not sure if I even told you that I'm also following one of them, but I, I, I caught up the other day because I, I checked out the first issue. But I think first, before I talk about that one, uh, I want to talk about Berserker. Berserker. Yes. Um, next, next to crossover only cause I'm six issues in the crossover and we've only had two issues of Berserker. I think Berserker is my next, you know, my next, like you should check this out book. Um, this book is written by, Keanu Reeves and who is he who's he writing with snap my snap my memory back in the Matt Kind Matt Kent. Kent yes Matt Kent who is written a, a ton of um amazing like he wrote Exo Mano War baby Exo Mano War he also Man-O-War. wrote the the uh, I think one of the newer incarnations of Ninjak I think the one that started in like 2012 uh, yeah. a lot of valiant books uh he's a, he's an excellent writer he's one of my probably my top 5 writers of the last you know of the other modern era here that we're in whatever you want to call these these last 10 years or so um but yeah so they they co-write the book and uh, essentially, the premise is that uh, Keanu Reeves is I mean, the, the main character is this guy, Berserker, and he's played, <laughs> I guess he's played in my mind. This is by so Ke- this is so wild. It is so wild. It it <laughs> first of all, it's just an awesome book. Like there's so much action and cool, really cool looking action, really interesting action. 
It, it's like it's like six, seven dollars, and it was worth every panel. Yeah, a- absolutely. I mean, it's absolutely beautiful. It's, it's beautifully drawn, and it so it it feels like a Keanu Reeves action movie, like a good one, you know, like a really good one. And and you just when when I'm reading this book, I feel like I've jumped into an action movie, and it feels so bl- slow, s- not believable in the real world sense, but believable like it's like I'm reading a movie. That that's how I feel. Yeah. And basically, um, you know, the first issue we just see him just mowing through bad guys and and just just basically it's like 30 pages of him killing people um, uh, and then he like falls off a roof and like whatever and then we find out that he doesn't really die ever uh he's immortal and uh like he's talking to this like psychiatrist lady and then uh he's trying to he's always trying to like figure out his past a little bit uh but like in this one like one section he says oh yeah i i remember being born like he actually remembers being born and he's like i remember being born like thirty thousand years ago uh, so, uh, and then the, the second issue is where we get into his origin. Um, I'll let you talk about that or, or should we kind of leave that more open for in case anyone wants to check it out? Maybe we shouldn't do a full reveal. Yeah. I mean, we can kind of leave it more open only because I mean, we that. don't have much more to add. We kind of just said the whole story, but it's, it's fucking awesome. So I gotta say it's like John wick plus eternal warrior from Valiant. So it's kind of like yeah, those combined, but, uh, but like with this, what I loved about it is Keanu Reeves has been talking about maybe doing a comic book for years. In fact, he's a comic book nerd, more on the manga side. He's for for years talked about, I think probably over a decade, uh, he's talked about wanting to do a live action adaptation of Akira. Hmm. And that is still in like production limbo. Who would with he like, play in Akira? I don't know if he wanted to be in it. Well, I think he, I think he wanted to be in it like 10 years ago, but he still always said, I want to be involved. It was like a producer or something at least, or maybe he could voice something, but, um, you know, it's, it's him, uh, and a couple other people who, who've wanted to do it, but he's a big Akira fan. So for him to finally be doing a comic is crazy. And it's from boom studios, which is now actually owned by Netflix. And what's crazy is, like as soon as issue oh, one I didn't came realize out, that that Netflix yeah. owns Boom. Oh, so they're gonna. This has got to become a Netflix movie. Oh, so you you missed it. It oh, is, is. News now. Oh, with nice. issue one, it sold out and became so freaking popular. Netflix was like, "Yep, we're we're gonna do it." Because what they're doing with Boom Studios is that they're gonna test pilot the concept of shows with comics. So it did so well. That makes sense. A lot less production, you know, production money needed up front. Yeah, and, and not only is Keanu going to play berserker as he is in the comic he's also going to direct it so he's going to direct and star in a netflix film based off his own comic starring him it's like inception <laughs> it's so cool i am i'm so ready for this it's kind of keanu reeves inception and uh yeah I, I would be remiss not to mention the art again um I, I mentioned it but i didn't mention the artist is a guy named ron garney i don't know how familiar with ron garney's work you are not very, but I'm already a fan. Yeah, but but his work here is is amazing. I mean, it, 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 I, it's it's kind of like a, a little Frank Miller, uh, a little bit of Jack Kirby, uh, and but you know, just very unique in its own right. And I I, th- I think it's absolutely perfect art for this book. So and this book this book has everything. Again, it's only it's only been two issues, um, but I'm I'm absolutely thrilled with it so far. Yeah, I mean, this is probably the the best book of 2021. For sure. The best new yeah. one this year. Absolutely. What, what was the other one uh, that, that we're both reading? Uh, the other one is Crime Syndicate. Yeah. So this is uh, th- this is one of the first like original Infinite Frontier 
like spinoffs we're getting because now we're getting to really see the multiverse. And I've always been a crime syndicate fan. I first became aware of them when I watched, uh, um, it was justice league crisis on two earths uh, or parallel earths. It was a, it was, it was an animated feature film that came out in 2011. It was really good. And that was the first time I became aware of them. And then I read, uh, I think it was Grant Morrison's JLA Earth 2, where they introduced them in the post-Infinite Crisis DC universe, and I They've fell in love with them. They've been introduced and wiped away and reintroduced many, many times over. Yeah. The, the series I like because you've got some Brian Hitchart work in that. I've always been a fan of him since uh, his run on The Ultimates with Mark Millar. So, yeah, he does you know, the art in the little, like, uh, little sections we get at the end that kind of gives us glimpses into the character origins. Yeah. I got to say, like, I'm going to I'm going to read this through. Uh, it's basically the same version of the characters you've read. They've got some updated stories, but the only one I really care about is Owlman. Yep. I was going to say, because he's Owlman's just so crazy. Character. I love him. Always has been my favorite crime syndicate character. I feel like they, that, like Owlman, if they're going to do like all these multiverse movies, they've got to do a crime syndicate film that's just all about oh. Owlman. Oh, please. Please, please do this. Give it to Zack Snyder. <laughs> Give it to him. Uh, yeah, I mean, Owlman. So for those that don't know the, know the Owlman story, um, I mean, his his exact origin has changed, but he's always been Thomas Wayne Jr. So he's not Bruce Wayne. He's not evil Bruce Wayne uh, in this version of, of Owlman. And I think that's pretty consistent across other versions of Owlman. Uh, maybe not like the original Silver Age version, but um, basically uh, in the shooting, it was... Uh, Bruce Wayne's mother. It was the Wayne's mother and Bruce that were killed in in that shooting. And then mm-hmm. th- they had this other kid, Thomas Wayne, who kind of like took up the cause. Uh, but then, and it was actually the, the killer was actually Harvey Bullock because everything's like reversed in, in this world. So, uh, and uh, they, they actually show the scene. I think it's in the issue two of, of, of crime syndicate where Al man decides he doesn't care about anything. And, and he's not just there to kill criminals. Like he actually is a criminal and he, he has no problem. Unlike our Batman, he has no problem killing people he just drops harvey bullock off off a roof and like that's where that's kind of the scene where he like gives up his morals essentially and becomes uh a villain in the sense now in this in this version of the crime syndicate uh the point in the story we're in now they're not called the crime syndicate yet like they're just these they're still forming yeah they're still forming and and like the world doesn't see them as villains or know they're villains yet. Like they kind of, they fend, fend off this Starro invasion and uh, even the Starros, we kind of find out like, yeah, they're taking control of like Ultraman who is Superman and uh, Superwoman. They're trying to get control of Superwoman. Uh, they take control of this, this John Stewart version of, uh, I think it's called the Emerald Knight of like a kind of a Green Lantern. Which by the way, I didn't think I would be that into him. He's actually cooler than I thought. Yeah, no, I, I enjoy that version of the character too. But like even even the Starro, you find out like, no, they're really like they're not good, but they're they have a sympathetic backstory. They're not evil. They're bad, but they're not evil. Yeah, I mean they're doing evil stuff. They're taking over people's bodies. Not not what you're supposed to do really, but uh they're actually on the <laughs> run because their race has been hunted by the evil guardians of Oa. <laughs> uh so like everything is reversed in this is all in Earth Three, in the home of the crime syndicate, where basically everything is flipped. And of course, the one hero of this universe, as uh many people know, if they've read Crisis on Infinite Earths, which we're gonna get to someday when Ramzo, you know, gets isn't you know, isn't so afraid to do it. Uh or oh, um, please. what's the other one? What's the Jeff Johns crisis crisis? book that he comes back in 
Infinite Crisis? Infinite Crisis? Yeah, Infinite Crisis. I was confusing it with Infinite Frontier. There's so many infinites and crises and, and such. Uh, but yeah, this, but essentially he is like the hero of the, he's like the big hero of this universe, Alexander Luther. Um, so yeah, there, and we, we kind of get some interaction between him and Ultraman and, you know, it's referenced that they have a public feud. But I think at this point in the series, which is kind of why I'm interested where it's going, like it, this is not like a mind blowing series or anything. It's just, it's just a fun book. And, you know, I'm only reading like basically one book from Marvel and DC each. And, and this is the book I, I chose to be my, my, my DC book for the time because, um, you know, in this new infinite frontier, there's the multiverses back. There's different worlds, different universes. It all quote unquote counts. So this is quote unquote really happening. It's not happening in the 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 DC Earth that we're largely following, but it's it's recognized as part of like current canon, I guess in a sense. Um, so it's enjoyable, and you know it's not you know is it the greatest book I've ever read? No, is it the best book I'm reading now? But it is very fun, and I and I am enjoying it for for what it is. Yeah, and uh, I mean that that's my thing about like. If it if it was go if it was going any longer, I'd be like, I don't know if I want to do this, but there's only like a couple of issues left, so I'm already halfway through. Might as well finish it off. Oh, is this a mini? There's a mini. What is it, six? I think. Alright. Well I'll stick with it to the end of this yeah. point since I'm like halfway through. It's like I, I'm I, I like it. I'm I'm getting entertained. You know, I'm I feel like I'm more there just to just to see how they spin things. I always like it when they get to do this type of stuff. Yeah. But the but but the rest are kind of honorable mentions. It's stuff I'm kind of off and on about that I'm gonna buy, but I'm not gonna try and really pitch it. One of them is uh, Teen Titans Academy. I like it because they're pulling a character from the Teen Titans TV show from 2006 called Red X. Who is Red X? I don't know, but he was badass then. I think this is this is his first real comic book introduction. Uh, I'll I'll read it and. So I can figure a little bit more out about him. Uh, I'd try and explain more, but I have a feeling that DC actually wants to cancel this book. So I don't, I don't think I'm going to touch on it now, maybe later. And then the others are limited series that started almost a year ago, but they're like dragging out. And I don't actually know what the status of the next issues are. One of them is snake eyes, dead game by, um, uh, by uh, Rob Liefeld and it's been like every two months we're getting a new issue and I don't like I think there's just one issue left and they haven't even announced a date for when that's coming out it's been fun so far I love his artwork I've got a funny story about going back and forth between Rob oh, Liefeld because what I a, bought a, a saga si- that was I bought a signed copy of issue three like in June of 2020 and I didn't get it until like December and I had to bug him on Instagram and eventually he, he actually responded he got me not only my book, but he actually sent a signed variant cover, which I have framed right next to me. So I appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun, but like I always feel like his book is getting delayed. So, you know, I'm hoping maybe it'll get printed this year, maybe. And then the other one is something that I didn't think would get delayed. Uh, TMNT, the last Ronin. Yeah, that's 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 on my honorable mentions as well. And it's not honorable because I don't love it. I'm loving it. But man, it's been months like oh, we've only had issue two, I yeah. think. Yeah, those, by the way, I should I should say I don't know why or how. Um, but uh, hint, the last Ronin issues, they're available on Hoopla almost immediately after they drop. So word to the wise if you don't feel like dishing out for what is worth dishing out like it is a great series but we've had two issues in six months so well well, well i can't say it's like it's a big book and i'm talking big in size oh, yeah. i can't fit it in normal covers <laughs> uh yeah, it, it, you it, I, your money's worth for sure yeah i said in a, in a review i wrote on the website way way back that i think last ronin was the best book of 2020 
I think it would continue to be the best book of 2021 now if they just came out with the next damn issue. But I don't know what what's going on with that. So both of those like they're good comics by great writers. And we've got the original uh, TMNT writers and artists on there like doing Last Ronin. I mean, and Laird, baby, Eastman and Laird, like they're on this book. And then we've got like, you know, Liefeld putting out Snake Eyes Dead Game like around the same time they announced the new Snake Eyes movie coming out. So it's like that you'd think that they would be pushing the shit out but i i'm like i'm waiting and they're not giving us anything so i mean that's why i'm just calling them honorable mentions it's like you know i i want to say get them but i also don't know like if there's much of a urgency to do so yeah i mean i, I would definitely say get them when they come out but you know don't hold your breath <laughs> at least yeah. as far as last run i have not read that snake eyes although i have seen a lot of the art and the art's phenomenal it's 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 peak life film for sure yeah and i mean i want uh, a few more honorable mentions. Like I tried to pick up some titles that I would never pickably pick, try, but I tried and I liked it. I picked up an issue of Aquaman, not knowing that it was like the second to last issue that happens before uh, death metal. So I guess I picked it up right when they canceled Aquaman. So, you know, so long to that. And then, you know, my, my brother is currently picking up the, the Christopher Cantwell Iron Man comic, which I have to say, I've been I've been reading the issues on Marvel Unlimited. He's been picking up the physical copy, so I've been reading both versions as well. It's probably the best Iron Man series since Matt Fraction was writing Iron Man in the uh, mid two thousands. But like I said at the beginning of the show, like I like it, but I'm also thinking like, why is it necessary? It's like you know what? In my mind, Tony Stark is dead, and I'm moving on. So. Yeah, it's it's worth a shot if you like Iron Man, but it's also like, you know, I'm going to read it because it's on Marvel Unlimited. It's not because I'm going to go out and actually buy the book, especially with those Alex Ross covers. I was tempted, cool. but uh, but I'm, I'm not I'm not throwing money towards it. Indeed. So. Yeah, well, um, a couple more I'll mention, I guess. Um, let's see. Well, one I'd like to mention one more indie comic. This is one also from Image, and I've only read it one issue because there's only been one issue. Uh, but I, it, it was interesting enough to intrigue me. And, uh, the team of course is, uh, you know, a, an amazing team. This is a book. Uh, I'm not sure if you've, you've probably heard of it. I don't think you've read it though. It's called Geiger by Jeff Johns and Gary Frank. I'm not reading anything by Jeff Johns right now. I'm, you wanna, I'm, you're on a break. You I'm very, well, I'm very mad because, because of the Snyder cut fiasco. I don't know if I'm ready to forgive him yet because of his involvement in the, the Joss Whedon, uh, reshoot is that yeah well yeah. and also because of how he treated oh, ray yeah. fisher well, I, yeah, and all the I've other heard. people like right, right, right. the fact that now i'm knowing more about him personally and i'm starting to kind of believe it the less i want to have anything to do with his work right now yeah which is sad because he is truly one of the best superhero writers of the last 20 years i mean you cannot cannot be taken away from him but yeah. no and that's what's really bugging me so it's not that i'm i'm not boycotting him i don't want to make it sound like i'm boycotting jeff johns i just need a break from jeff johns because i feel hurt yeah all right well fair enough and yeah i mean if 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 two percent of what is being said about both him and josh whedon particularly from, from ray fisher is true then yeah it's, it's hard it's hard to feel too good about him but here i am giving him money um <laughs> Uh, but no, I mean, it's, it's a, it's an interesting book. Like, again, it's just like, we only see the one issue and it's just kind of the setup and everything. Um, but yeah, basically there's been nuclear war. Everything's radiated. Uh, everyone has to wear radiation suits, but there's this one guy, uh, who somehow he like got trapped in a, in a, he, he was hiding his family in this bunker and these guys came to attack him and he basically, he got trapped in this, in this nuclear blast that he couldn't avoid it, but he didn't die. He became this 
thing, this something else. And, you know, basically we just learned that he's, he's basically has, has superpowers uh, and radioactive powers of some kind. Uh, again, they did, they've only kind of laid out the, the initial thing. We haven't gotten too far into it, but he is actually keeping his family in this bunker until like he somehow that the world is safe enough for, for him, for them to come out. Oh, um, wow. So it's, it's an interesting premise and the art's awesome because Gary Frank's an amazing artist. And, oh, uh, Gary Frank's is doing it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's Jeff Johns and oh, Gary Frank. It's, it's a doomsday clock team team back together again. So, wow. whoopsie, that was my bottle of wine. <laughs> um, I need that so I can watch Doom later. Um, yeah, that, I, I, I I can't say I recommend it per se yet. It's only one issue, but it, you know it, it interested me enough that I I will probably get the next one. Let's this say is that. a DC book. No, it's Image. Ooh, they allowed him to do that. Yeah, I was oh. I was very surprised to see his name on a non DC book as well. Um, but yeah, I guess I guess when you get that high up, you can kind of do whatever you want. He said, "Look, I'm going to go do this Image book." It's, so pro- it's probably like a passion project book if he wanted to go that far out for yeah. it. Yeah, so yeah. that, and uh, I, I'll give one more honorable mention to a book that we did discuss in the pandemic reading list special, uh, and I, but I'm still keeping up with it. That is Immortal Hulk, and um, I'm, I'm still really enjoying it. Is that still going? It is, it they, is going. I know they're canceling it. I thought it was already done. No, so. it's still, it's still huh. going. It's going up to issue 50, I believe. Okay. And I think it's somewhere in the 40s right now. Um, so I'm enjoying it. It did kind of hit a lull for a couple months where while I still enjoyed it, there was like 10 issues of like dealing with gamma flight. <laughs> like it's like, all right, I've, I've actually seen enough of the absorbing man at this point. Like, you know, like yeah. there's a little too much of that, but it's a really inventive book. It's a really creative take on the Hulk and it involves this weird green door dimension it involves anybody with gamma radiation coming back to life it involves a weird possessed version of rick jones and it's just really fun it's the most fun i've had reading it, the, it's the, the hulk best in a long time. it's the best hulk title in probably a decade it's the best hulk since peter david i'm willing to say that i get you know what i uh, agree you, with you uh, you might have more of a soft spot for the world war hulk uh you know that that kind of era yeah but like world war hulk is not as good as the peter david stuff but immortal hulk is better than that stuff so i i agree with you on that it's the best hulk since the peter david stuff all right well yeah so i i would recommend checking that out or at least you know if you got oh the comic, i could tell you, you the... why i know why it's because it reminds me of bill bixby okay all right. Yeah. It reminds me of that. You mean the, like the, um, just the way the Hulk is portrayed. Yeah. I mean the, the, uh, it's, it's more of that banner on the run style. And I think the reporter, I don't know if he's like dead or still in the series. Yeah. But he's on like that multidimensional run. So it's like, even it's even like with a it's new even like, supernatural element. Yeah. It's basically yeah, so. like if, if it's, it's Hulk merged with supernatural elements that you don't typically see associated with the Hulk. And that's, that's why it's just, it's, a, it's such a unique take on this character. And you know, some people might, think it's too weird but to me it's just weird enough so i mean I, i'm really enjoying dude it. like IG, ign uh game crazy cbr nerdist like they called it like one of the best titles marvel has put out in a long time and i yeah, you I mean, know it, i still think it gets that you know other than the current work books by donny cates uh like the venom and, and the thor i think it's it's definitely the best book that Marvel's it's outsold them really yeah well, at least good. for a, at least a for a while sign. it did Hopefully that will encourage Marvel to do more interesting, new, inventive things with older characters, because that is something that they've had problems with. But that's also something that that has been characteristic of Donny Cates run on on Venom and and Thor, too. He's doing interesting things with older characters. So I think that's that. Hopefully they start to understand maybe that's the key to their success. Take your legacy characters and just do some cool new stuff with them, at least take some writers and and just unleash them. And that's what they've done here. Awesome. Awesome. Well. That's all I got. 
yeah, that's that's my list too. I think I think we're complete. You know, uh, it's not this is not the glory days. Uh, I mean, in the '90s, man, I, I was reading 20 books a month. Like, I mean, I was like, it was whatever money I earned, uh, that money went to the comic shop and bought all my. You know, bro, even like even like two years ago, I had more comics on my list than I do now, yeah. and they, it was probably more stuff I was like really caught up in. I think because of a couple things, it's like industry lag because of like the six month period where we weren't getting books out, and, and also because of stuff like. The, the the DC Comics editorial switch up and the fact that Marvel had to switch a lot of their plans in order to cater more towards like what they're going to do for the movies and stuff because now with Marvel more so than DC the comics are just propaganda for the movies uh, you know I think this year it's going to be lol I, it's going to be kind of a lol year I'm really more excited for the stuff that is probably going to get announced after the summer as they start putting out solicitations for events and stuff that they want that all the publishers want to do in 2022 i think 2022 is going to be kind of like the resurgent uh year for titles ac- across all the publications all right we can certainly hope so they should just fucking bring back exo man or they say they're gonna bring him back in august of this year but like i i don't think they're gonna do that they said they were gonna do it last year and they it, you know it took them forever to get through four fucking issues so like yeah, I, i'd love to yeah. get back into some of those valiant characters but I, I gotta know you're coming out every month man if you want if you want to get me in here i can't i can't do this yeah. you know waiting by the phone thing you know waiting for Susie to call like i need to know i need to know you're gonna show up exactly Exactly. But you know who shows up every week, Remzo? Us. Me and you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Second Print Comics Podcast. We're here every week. We have not missed a week. We will not miss a week. We are committed to you guys and uh, committed to this project. So just like you can show up at the comic store every Wednesday or every Tuesday, I guess, with DC Books, uh, you can show up to your favorite podcatcher and find a brand new episode of the Second Print Comics Podcast every single Wednesday. And uh, if that is not enough for you, if uh, you want to also pay for this free show, you're allowed to do that. You can do that over at patreon.com slash secondprintpod. Uh, but we don't just ask for your money. We don't just beg and plead, although we do that a fair portion of that as well. A bit. Um, we try to make sure you get some bang for your buck. So we're putting, we're, we're kind of throwing stuff against the wall. We've been trying all, all sorts of different content. We've had the Renzo rants. We've had um, Falcon and Winter Soldier recaps. We had WandaVision recaps. We will certainly have Loki recaps of some sort. Um, by the way, that was just announced. It's moving up two days. going to be on Wednesdays now, which I'm actually excited for because sometimes yeah yeah i give sometimes the weekend take a little fast and hard but i can make i can make wednesday night free so so that that's good i'm i'm, I'm a fan of that move and um but yeah we're we're always pumping out random stuff remzo rants like i said uh uh, I think you're going to come back with a new round of Remzo versus the MCU phase two. coming. We're, soon, huh? we're doing that in, so I'm, I'm going to be recording and doing those because I did, they were like 10 minute episodes. I want to start doing like half hour long episodes. So those are going to be, uh, you know, I'm going to put out a calendar for that towards the end of the year, but I just announced based off talking to fans and listeners and patrons, I'm going to start doing, uh, uh, the these reading list recommendations. So these are my personal reading list recommendations because a lot of you want like essential lists for certain characters or essential lists from certain publications or like holiday themed lists. So every two months from now on, I'm going to come out with a different list of different types. So I've got like the summer reading list of 2021. I've got an essential Batman reading list. I've got a, a Christmas reading list. I've got a bunch of these stuff coming out. And like I, you know, like Mark said, we do it because we love you. If you didn't say you wanted more of this stuff i wouldn't have even thought of it so please as little as five dollars a month you get a bunch of bonus content interact and hang with us and even get perks certain levels last week we put out our first kirby club that's fifty dollars a month produced episode where you get to go ahead 
and produce an episode of the show. And it was awesome, wasn't it? Yeah, you can make us read whatever you want. You can make us read about <laughs> leprechauns. You can make us re- read about uh, space warriors and uh, space alien love, telepathic love between uh, paralyzed mutants and alien princesses. You can make us read whatever you want. That's the beauty of it. So, as always, folks, I'm Ramza W. Martinez. And I am the marvelous, mighty, and for a moment Mexican, Mark Claire. <laughs> I am married in, so I am, I am part Mexican. Part there you Mexican. go. Mark, I'm going to let you finish off this week. As always, folks, read comics and change the world. Good night, America. Adios. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.